Well, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise for what he's doing. That was a wonderful Christmas service, and uh, I just, I love uh, anything when kids are involved because you're just looking for all the little Mikeys in it, you know, and the little things like that just make it special. It's like every wedding you ever been in when they had all those working parts when there were kids involved, you know, there's always something funny going to happen. It makes it special. <clears throat> Praise God. Well, at the risk of uh, redundancy from past years, but, well, <clears throat> there's no risk. You, most of you can't remember my sermons from one week to the next. You won't remember a, a joke from a year or two ago. So what's, what's the difference between the Christmas alphabet and the regular alphabet? The Christmas alphabet has no L. <laughs> Jeff said, yeah, yeah, the older I get, you know, dad jokes, they just start coming out. But <clears throat> Jeff said I owed two of them to you this week since I didn't do one last week. So I'll just ask you what the doctor said to the gingerbread man who had the sore knee. Have you tried icing it? <laughs> All right, I'm done with all that. Heavenly Father, thank you. <laughs> thank you for this day. Thank you for all your love and grace and mercy. Thank you for opening up your peace and love and truth, the anointing that breaks every yoke. Thank you, Lord, for all those who will hear this message in other places and other times and other formats. We love you all and we love all of you that are here. <clears throat> Lord, meet everyone at their point of need, that they be helped, healed, empowered, loved, and prospered. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to tell you today that God is a miracle-working God. Amen. He always has been, and he still is. Yes, amen. We, uh, we talked last week. I was telling you how to resist the devil, or we were just talking together about how to resist the devil and how people have, I love the fact that people have learned that they have a part to play and that they can resist the devil and that it's a good God, bad devil. This is becoming more mainstream, you know, instead of just the old mama and them went there and we're like a family of skunks. We got our own pew and we just go and we listen to a 15 minute message guaranteed not to offend. And, you know, if, uh, if uh, something bad happens, let's just blame it on God because we don't understand it. huh? That's not the way it is. And that's not the truth. It's a good God, bad devil. Amen? Amen? And we're learning all the benefits of our wonderful God. And even if we don't uh, tap into it, just like they say, you only use a, a tiny fraction of the human brain. I believe that to be true. Just the same thing with uh, all the benefits of our salvation. And God loves us no less. If we don't uh, partake, hey, if you if you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, great. Then you've uh, you've met the number one um, request that I have of everyone I meet in this world. Please meet me in heaven, and so that's going to be great. But let's start enjoying the benefits of our salvation in this life. Amen. Amen. I talked about the fact that the first part of that scripture in James four six, where it says to resist the devil and he will flee from you, it's a promise. The first part of that scripture says, submit yourselves, therefore, to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. People leave that part out conveniently. And we talked about all the different compartmentalized areas of our lives and how some areas can be submitted to God. Others, we're just kind of saying, nah, 
yeah, I prefer the way that I do this one, and I'm afraid you'll try to switch it up on me, and I'm not cool with you having that yet. Not believing, it's just unbelief. Believing that he won't give you something better in, in that thing instead. Amen. But we'll get there if you keep believing and keep trusting God, and he keeps showing you his faithfulness, which I believe is what he wants to do, and he has uh, known for doing. Amen. Thank God for that little Jewish girl named Mary, who in Luke 1, verse 38, when the angel Gabriel came and told her that she was going to have the, the Messiah as a child, she was going to be the mother of the Son of God, she said, well, how is this going to be since... Uh, Joseph and I are engaged, but not there yet. <laughs> and uh, thankfully, uh, he explained that to her. And he said that the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you, just like he hovered over the waters of the earth in the beginning. And, and all those prophecies, some 700 prophecies that have been spoken about Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah coming, were implanted in her as soon as she said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. She had to agree. She had to receive it by faith. She had to accept it. And when she did, the angel departed. It was done. She received that engrafted word. And she was impregnated with the word of God. <clears throat> Everything about Mary's birth of Jesus was natural, except for the fact that the seed didn't come from a man. The Holy Spirit placed it in, mother's in, in, in Mary's womb, and 1 Peter uh, 1.23 says that God's word is the incorruptible seed. That's, that's a good representation. That word seed there in the Greek is spora. From where we get the same word we use for the seed of man. Amen. The Gospel of John. Well, let's just turn over to the first, first page of the Gospel of John. <clears throat> because he might have said it best. This page is where we get, in verse 17, where we get the name of this church. But he said in uh, verse 23, uh, no, that was First Peter, First John 1, 14, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. You see that? The word is a capital W because he's talking about Jesus. He could have said, Jesus Christ became flesh and dwelt among us. He could have said, King of kings and Lord of lords became flesh and dwelt among us. God, the second person of the Trinity, became flesh and dwelt among us. The same person who has ever, 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 any time God has been manifest to anyone in this earth, it was Jesus Huh? Jesus was the cloud by day. Jesus was the fire by night. 
in the wilderness. Jesus was in the burning bush. Huh? If you want to go further and believe the, <coughs> some of the typology and things like that, I would say he was probably Melchizedek. Amen. Now that's, that's not a doctrine. That's just me. Jesus, the word of God, became flesh and dwelt among us. It's similar with us, with every miracle that ever takes place in our life, which there are a lot more miracles than we give God credit for. But in a sense, and I almost <laughs> sort of hesitate to say this in the weird world we live in, seeing as how the exit polls uh, were so weird, on uh, one certain group of folks thinking that uh, men could actually become pregnant. But if you see it as the kingdom of God and how God sees things, the, the, the point is that we actually have to become pregnant with the seed of the word of God. It has, In other words, it has to be received into the garden. You can, you, you can see it probably easier for you men if we think of it in terms of a garden. The seed has to be accepted into the ground, huh? Yeah? It has, has to be sown into the garden of our heart. And it has to be nurtured in our heart and protected for a time. And then birth takes place. The manifestation of the miracle that we've been believing for. Amen. The manifestation of the word, the, the promise of God, the provision of God spoken over us. There's some 8,000 seeds of promise in this word of God. This, this, this giant bag of seed from God right here. It first takes root in our heart, then it begins to show, huh? If you subject yourself to it and you, and you allow it and you protect it and you don't let the enemy come and steal it from you and you don't let the enemy come and plant the weeds in there and, and choke it out, huh? If you, if you take care of that seed and nurture it, which means you're standing in faith, huh? And re resisting the enemy. And his attempts and his attacks. Huh? Get your soccer ball out. Get your basketball out. Hold it in your hands. All right. <laughs> now bring it back over here. There's your problem. Huh? That's where the enemy comes. He's going to try this word in you. He's going to try to steal it. He only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. There's nothing good about him. But as long as you protect it, then... You will begin to show huh, signs that that word has been planted in you and something's changing in you. You're going to start to glow a little bit, huh? Amen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, come on. Come on. Then it's finally going to give birth for what we believed. Miracles happen to those who put their trust in what God has said. Amen. I have a, a pillow that I've had for 10 years or more. And I, it says miracles happen to those who believe. And I keep that. 
And I look at it and I remember the trip I bought it on. All sorts of miracles are available to us, huh? Because of these 8,000 or so promises. I keep saying that number, I tell you, until somebody counts them and corrects me. And then I'll be happy with the fact that you, you did that much research. If it comes out to be 8,001, I'm going to be so proud of you. And you're going to be so strong in faith. You're going to be stronger than a horseradish. Walking in power and victory, laying hands on sick. You're going to ruin every funeral you go to because you're just going to. Amen or oh me. Jesus did. He didn't have anything more than what you have available to you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to come listen to your messages instead of you listen to me once you get to that point. Amen. What sort of miracles are we looking for? Huh? I mean, it could be anything good because all everything good is from God. It could just be, I want to grow stronger in faith. I just want to get closer to you, Jesus. Well, you do that by, by getting with Him in His Word, letting Him speak to you through His Word, getting to know Him through His Word. Those who abide in my Word are truly my disciples, and the truth will set them free. So it's the known truth that's, that's held on to, protected, trusted, and applied to your life that sets you free. The truth has always been the truth. It sits on coffee tables all around America, and it sets nobody free. It has to be implanted, protected, nurtured, believed on for time. There's, I've never seen a farmer that planted a crop one day and harvested the next. There's a seed, time, and harvest. Amen. Amen. A time. <clears throat> you could want to grow in, in your trust of God. Just grow in love. Because Peter says to grow in all of these things. Grow in, your, in, in the joy that you have. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. We all want those things. They're all abiding fruit of the Spirit of God that live inside of you. You have them. But you need to draw on them and believe them. And even when it's not a feeling, because it will not always be a feeling. But you have to agree with God more than you agree with the flesh. You have to agree with God more than you agree with the six o'clock news. Huh? I heard a story the other day about a guy who went into a bar and uh, <laughs> and the, the bartender was, uh, well, I don't know. She had a certain color that people make jokes about in her hair. I apologize for anyone. But anyway, it's just the way I heard the joke. Give me another person to pick on and I'll do it. But anyway, he sits down and and the and the and the ten o'clock news comes on. And, and uh and there's a guy, it's 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 a live report and it's a guy up on a building and threatening to jump and, and she says, You you're betting man? He says, Yeah. She said, I bet you thirty bucks he doesn't jump. And he goes, I'll take that bet and he puts his money up there and the guy jumped. And to <laughs> to his demise, and uh, and uh, she goes, oh man, and the guy says, ah, oh, it's all right, I can't take your money, I saw it already on the six o'clock news. <laughs> she said, that's okay, I did too, I just didn't think he'd do it again.
How did I even get off on that? I don't know. <laughs> Laughter doth good like medicine. Somebody, somebody need to be healed. You're healed right now in the name of Jesus. <laughs> you may be believing for miracles in your health. You may believe in need uh, miracles in uh, your finances. Becoming more responsible. There's all kind of miracles. Anything good is from God. And if it hasn't been manifest in your life and you've been needing it to for a long time, then I'd call it a miracle if you're needing one. <laughs> miracles aren't God's best, by the way, but they sure are good when you need one. I see smoke coming out of Dan's ears. What do you mean miracles aren't his best? You know what's, you know what's his best? Because You know why a miracle isn't God's best? Because it requires a crisis. God would rather you walk in the blessing, the kind of blessing that chases you down and, and literally tackles you. The blessing of the Lord maketh one rich and he adds no sorrow with it, huh? How many of you ever had over an abundance in this life and it was not, when you got there, it wasn't what you thought because God wasn't in it? I have. And I'd much rather do it his way. Because that last part, no sorrow with it, that's where we want to be, folk. Amen, or oh me. So ask for him to make you a good steward. And to stay in love with him. And to never, always, to prepare you for anything that he has for you. Make me usable. Make me a good steward of what you plan have for me. What you plan for me. So that it will not destroy me or take me further from you. Why would he do that? Why would he give you something that was going to draw you away from him if you weren't prepared for it? You see, prepare yourself for the miracle. I have people always asking, you know, for example, about a spouse or something like that. It's like, well, what, you know, and then their list, their list for that spouse. It's like, oh, my goodness. I don't know if Jesus could fit that bill, you know, if he. <laughs> but. But yeah, you deserve that. And God wants you to have that. He loves you. But listen, he lo if somebody like that, he loves them too. What makes you? What, why would he do that to this person? <laughs> you need to make yourself usable. God, make me the man or woman, the wife or husband you created me to be for this wonderful spouse that you have for me. huh? And then you spend the rest of your life trying to outgive and outlove each other. And man, there's a 100% success rate. Amen. Or oh me. <laughs> Proverbs 4, uh, verses 20 through 22. Proverbs 4, verses 20 through 22 says, My son, pay attention to my words. My words, God is saying. Incline your ear to my sayings. You, you know, when you lean in to hear somebody, you, you, you want to hear it, right? You want to, you're listening, you're paying attention. Do not lose sight of them. Keep, keep his word ever before you. Keep it on your mind. Keep it on your heart. Keep them within your heart, he says. Verse 22. For they are life. These words of God are life to all those who find them and health to their whole body. There's a promise. There is a promise. Speak that word out loud. If you're reading your Bible, I recommend you read out loud. Faith comes by hearing. 
You can hear it from me. You can hear it from anointed teachings. You can hear it from the word reading to yourself. But especially when it comes to... Now, if you're reading through Lamentations, you don't have to read that out loud if you don't want to. (laughs) When I'm reading through all the, the negative things that we've been delivered from because of Jesus... All the things that that make that blank page between Matthew and Malachi, that 400 years of silence from God, so important. I just say, thank you, Lord. We've been delivered from that because of Jesus. But the promises, all the promises are good. And they're yes and amen to all of you who belong to him. Amen. Health to the whole body. Just like in Mary, the word became flesh. The same way with us, the word we're believing for becomes manifest depending on what kind of seed you're sowing. Uh, if you go in your garden, a tomato seed is not going to make you a cantaloupe, right? So if, you're, if, you're, if, what, if your ends aren't meeting at the end of the month, then take part of your need and make it your seed. Yeah? And don't eat your seed. <laughs> the same thing with our health and with our marriage and all that. Find the, the wonderful promises and the help of God in the word and speak it over yourself. Speak it over your children. Speak it over your, your relationships, over your finances, over your work, over your life. Speak it. Believe it. Receive the engrafted word of God into the garden of your heart. Protect it. And watch it take root and bear fruit. It will. The problem with Americans is we would think we don't have the manifestation of what we're praying for. By the time we get up from praying, well, God didn't do it. I have to go back and do it in my own strength. We get rid of that microwave mentality. Go be a farmer for a while and see how many harvests he makes that next day after he plants. And you, you see what I'm saying. There's seed time. And that time is patience. Patiently endure that time. And during that time of waiting and believing, you will suffer persecution. You will suffer times of drought and famine. And listen, you can prosper and you will prosper in times of famine if you do not stop believing God. That is a promise of Abraham. And I could preach on that for a month of Sundays. And I will. Amen. Lord willing. But it's good. I'll just tell you that much, huh? Because it's undeserved. It's by grace. Nothing you can do to earn it. If you think you can or you think you have to, you think you try, that's where you're missing out. If, it's, if your prayer life isn't as successful and, and, uh, and the manifestation of the things you, you're wanting and needing from God aren't uh, is, is, is doing as good as you thought, then tweak your your prayer life and your thought life and stop trying to earn it and just start focusing on Jesus and what he did to earn it for you because everything he did has been accounted to you as righteousness. Everything that God has belongs to the heir, the firstborn child. And you know what? You are an adopted child and under the rules and laws that Paul wrote this, describing this as an example and under Roman law, the, the, the adopted child had the same rights and privileges as the natural born child himself. That's you, praise God. Mary received the word. There were hard times. Believe me. 
Some of it we won't know, maybe ever, but when we get to heaven, we can ask and talk to her then. I don't advise talking to her now. Hello. She can't hear you. You get to heaven, you're welcome to go knock on her door, ask her about these things if you want. Yeah, she will be part of your family. And you can thank her then for what she did because it is praiseworthy. But there's one mediator between God and man. That's the man, Jesus Christ. If there was persecution, hardship, you know, I mean, they, big pregnant, she and Joseph walked 90 miles just to go do the census and to get to Bethlehem, the place where they needed to be to have the baby. That's what God did to get them to the place where they were supposed to be for the prophecies to be filled. That wasn't their goal. Oh, we got to do this and do this to make sure all the prophecies are fulfilled so we can be the ones they call. No, 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 no. It all just lined up the way God perfectly does everything. He used even the evil things that men were trying to do to accomplish his goals. He turned all the things that the devil meant for evil and he used them for the good because they loved him and were called according to his purpose. And that's the promise he has toward you as well. If you believe it. Cold, dark nights filled with danger. That long walk. <laughs> I'm talking about the seed, then the time. During that time of waiting and wondering. How long, David said, how long... Oh God, will you forsake me forever? <laughs> While he was waiting, he'd already Samuel had already laid hands on him and called him the king. And it was years and years. He was on the run from the other king, the real king Saul, who was chasing him, trying to kill him. He was hiding in caves, running for his life. Had to act like a crazy man one time, slobbering and all that stuff to keep another king and another. I mean, hardship. But then the manifestation, the manifestation, huh? Joseph was 17 years old when his brothers threw him in that pit and then sold him into slavery. And then he went to Egypt and was thrown into prison after he was accused of something he didn't do. So from 17 to 30, God called him blessed, even in prison. I'm sure it didn't look like it or seem like it. Thirteen years he waited, but when he was 30, he became the second most powerful man in the world. Instantly. Psalm 19.1 says, Keep, God, speaks us, uh, God speaks to us through his creation. Huh? <laughs> and then reiterates this throughout the word in Romans chapter 1. But you know this is true. Through the sunrise, the sunset, the trees, the ocean, ebb and flow, the tides, and the, even hummingbirds, huh, Jeff? Yeah. For me, hawks and eagles and butterflies and rainbows. <laughs> One time I, I, had been in, I had been immersed in this word. I was hungry. I was a new babe, and I was just putting this word in and loving it and living for it. And God took me outdoors. He took me to my garden and he began to teach me as much as he had through the word. And it began to come alive. 
as I saw that every kind of seed produced after its own kind. And watch out what I'm sowing. Because the enemy wanted me to sow some weeds for him. Some negative things. And I had to be careful. And I had to protect the, wheat, the seed that I had sown. And I could expect whatever I sow, that's what I'm going to reap. I'm going to expect the same kind of harvest of the seed that I've sown. And out of the abundance of the heart where I've planted all of that seed, the mouth speaks. Huh? God is faithful. One time I was standing at the gas pump during all of this and I began to see these promises and provisions and the word and the, the power of God and I, and I saw how it was important for us to seek him with all of our hearts and when we seek him we will find him was a promise and I'm at the gas pump and there's the most beautiful sunset and I'm looking right into it and this crowd is just it's busy. It's five o'clock in the afternoon. People everywhere, I'm looking at the sun, and I'm just, tears just start coming down my eyes, and I said, God, I'm seeking you. And it's just like he tapped me on the shoulder. I turned around 90 degrees, and the most beautiful rainbow from end to end just, it just immersed me. And I looked around, like, at everybody, like, can you see? And nobody saw it. Nobody saw it. And I never forget thinking, what is wrong with them? But it was for me. God was talking to me through His creation. And it lined up with the Word. It always will. Otherwise, it's not Him. That's why we need this to go in. So we can run everything through the lenses. Not only of this, but of the new lenses, the new covenant of grace and truth. Not the law. Amen. Nothing more majestic and awesome than a sunrise and a sunset. Nothing more beautiful than seeing the, the light of the day as God paints beautiful portraits in the skies in the evenings and then the as the rays burst forth in the morning. Just a declaration of his faithfulness, huh? His faithfulness. God is faithful even when we're not. But we can miss it. We can miss it when we get too preoccupied, too busy, too self-centered instead of God-centered. And this is detrimental to us. God still loves you the same. He doesn't change. And He's not going to change His mind about you. It's God's will that everyone should come to know Him and receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. You know what blesses God? When you believe Him and receive from Him all the good that He has for you. It blesses Him. Sometimes we just need to slow down a little bit, maybe. Reboot. Reprioritize our our lives maybe a little bit, our get recentered around God and His amazing love for us, for us, not ours for Him. Focus on His love for you. As you receive His love, then you'll be able to give out what you have received. You can't give away what you don't have. And if you're trying to love people in your own strength, it's not real. It can't be. You don't have what people 
are asking of you and they want you to complete them and all this kind of weird stuff. That's for God to do. That's that God-sized void inside of them they're trying to fill and they're asking you to fill it for them. That's not God. And that's not a godly relationship and it's not going to produce the peace and righteousness and joy and, and all the wonderful things that you really want from that relationship. Amen? So whether you're asking that of somebody or someone's asking you of that, trust me, it's not God. Not that way. Now, God wants you to try to out-love and out-give that person in a, in a godly relationship, but you need to get centered around this word. Let God be in the middle of it all. No matter how dark things get in your life, because I know things can get hard. I know a lot about most of you. Maybe more than you know about yourself sometimes. I was telling, telling Joey... Because God loves you and he talks to me about you. Not that I judge. If you knew, knew what God brought me from, you would never worry about me judging you. Ever, 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 ever. No matter how dark. The dawn. The dawn is coming. Huh? God is faithful. No matter how hard your labor, there are times of rest. It's one of the things I've counted on since I got the word in me. Scriptures like that, the time with, with, with Jesus, there's always times of refreshing. So when I get worn down and worn out, and just sick and tired of being sick and tired. I know that times of refreshing are coming. And they're closer than they were before. Because he's never going to give me more than I can endure. And he loves me. No one can snatch you from your father's hands. He's a good, good God. He loves you. How much does Jesus love us, Maddie? A lot. He does. People can't take that from you. People can't take that from you. People can't change God's faithfulness towards you. And, and, and they'll try. And you know what you do? Just love them anyway. Just get to the place where you just say, man, ain't nothing you can do to make me not love you. That doesn't mean you trust them. There's a difference. That has to be earned. I mean, they have a place in your life. Just make sure you're not doing it out of spite or bitterness or anger because then that's your problem. I'm preaching better than y'all are amen. God is loving and merciful and kind and compassionate and that's who you are too. That's who you are. If you have Jesus Christ inside of you, when you are not merciful and loving and kind and compassionate, you're being a hypocrite. Not when you do those good things, like the world will tell you. Just because you don't sometimes. Hey, that's what qualified you for grace. You're a child of the king. When you belong to Jesus, 
Mary and Joseph, and I'll finish on this. They were just simple people. You realize that, huh? He was a carpenter. She was just a teenage girl who lived at home <laughs> up until all this happened. Simple people. In Luke uh, chapter 2, the 24th verse, it talks about after Jesus was born, how they went to the temple to make their offering for their newborn child. And uh, they offer a pair of turtle doves or a pair of uh, two young pigeons. And uh, if you read through Leviticus like Randy does, like some of us do, you'll know that the proper offering was a lamb. Huh? But God, in his mercy, uh, the law allowed, made provision uh, if the girl was not financially able to provide a lamb, then um, they could do the, the turtle doves or the pigeons. So they weren't wealthy. Otherwise, she, she would have offered a lamb if she, if she had the means. You see what I'm saying? And the three wise men, the kings with the gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh, they didn't show up for at least a couple of years probably. Yeah, he was probably a toddler when they when they showed up. But we were not going to debate that. But they weren't they weren't they weren't walking around with a pocket full of gold a few days after Jesus was born. Believe me. <laughs> Nevertheless, I just wanted to point out that these were just normal people. He worked with his hands, and she was looking forward to being married and raising a family and all this got thrown at them and they went terrible hardships because believe me, it was found out that she was pregnant before they were finally married. She had to tell her folks. She had to, people knew. They, there was bad things that happened. Thank God that he stepped in and showed Joseph that it was, it was true what she was saying because he could have had her stoned. He was a good man. He wasn't going to do that, but he was going to divorce her. But he... When God showed him in a dream. And anyway, it all worked out because God was in it. Amen. God calls you to it. He'll bring you through it. Doesn't mean there won't be hardship. Just means he's faithful and you can trust on times of rest and times of the dawn. Shining its bright, beautiful light on you. And God being there for you all the way. They weren't famous kids. They weren't wealthy. They weren't powerful in worldly standards. They wouldn't have been chosen by any committee from the Sanhedrin. But God entrusted them with the most precious gift ever given to the world, His Son, Jesus Christ. I, I say that to tell you this. God isn't looking for ability. He's looking for availability. He doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. The available. He's looking for faithfulness. For trust in him. There was a man of God in the 1800s named D.L. Moody. And as a, a young man, he heard a preacher say, the world has never seen what God can do with one man who is totally yielded to him. And Dwight Moody thought,
to himself, by the grace of God, I will be that man. And this uneducated man went on to shake up three continents with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he'll do the same for you. He will. He has great plans for you if you'll just believe and decide. Amen. This Christmas, give God the greatest gift that you have yourself. And watch what he does with it. Amen. I love you. God loves you. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise.